Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we are going back to our chat with Ladyship Worship. Let's kick this off with a song from their debut EP. This is called Reptilian Brain. Check it out. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking with Kristen and Eric from Ladyship Worship, as well as fans, Spencer and Lee. How are you guys all doing? Good. Couldn't be better. Awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, thank you guys so much for, for being on Fans with Bands. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a real treat to get, be able to talk with you guys. And I kind of want to start off with some introductions, and I thought maybe we'd start with the fans. Um, so I thought, Lee, um, maybe you could just give us a little bit about, like, why are you a fan of uh, Ladyship Worship? I know why I am, because because they're awesome, but I'd like to know what you think. Well, actually, because I'm the kind of person that splits hairs, why would be a lot shorter than how. Why is because I like their music, right? Uh, and I like them, too. How is a little bit of a longer story. Cool. cool. We'll get into it. <laughs> well, uh, there's a... I used to go to Borders Books a lot. I used to buy tons and tons of books at Borders. Uh -huh. And my main Borders connection was named Lisa. And uh, I knew her last name was Taylor. I found out it's Hanson Taylor. And she, when Borders was collapsing, had told me, although I didn't hear her, I guess, that she was going to start her own bookshop once Borders was gone. 
And so one day we kept going by this place called Used on New, which was on New Street, Mount Clemens. And I told my daughter, maybe we should actually stop in this place once. So I stop in and I look at, and I see Lisa and she goes, I said, you. And she goes, well, it's about time. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, I'd heard of her husband who was doing this thing called Dead Dave on cable. He decided to get a bunch, rid of a bunch of the crap out of their house and basement and just called it Weirdsville. And it was this little nook around the back and in the corner, oh, yeah. you know, where all, you know, mad men should be, you know, screwing <laughs> way in the, uh, in the side where nobody can see them. And then Weirdsville actually took off as well as the bookstore. They moved into a larger location. But before that, Davy and Lisa were trying all kinds of new ideas, including having a Weirdsville cinema where they tried to show really awful movies once a week. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, all with a horror or macabre theme, or maybe it was a Wes Anderson month or, right. you know, Bella Lugosi or something. And then he decided to start having listening parties because he would tell people about all these great bands that were local. And, you know, most people react as like, wow, man. And it's like, you know, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, what, what are they on? They're like on MCA, man. Right. Because you're always looking for the next Elton John or whatever. Yeah. And so he wanted people to get to know the music and get to know the band. So I came to as many of them as I could. And at one of them, I was introduced to War Horses. Oh, okay. I wore the War Horses t-shirt. Oh, I, awesome. I got introduced to War Horses, uh, and I went, and it's like there were, and let's say that because it was new, the response was less than awe-striking. <laughs> but what I did was, in my guise of, of, of my positive eye on it, I like spreading the news about little, not little as in stature, but little as in little known. Right. Bands. Writers, artists, actors, actresses, small theater, whatever, I'll mm -hmm. put it out there um, for the eight people who listen to me. <laughs> and that's when I met Kristen and EZ, and I think it was um, uh, uh, Mike Alexander, and there was another one I can't remember his name offhand. Piper? It was our, uh, our was old Ryan. bass player, Ryan. Now we have yeah, Ryan, Ryan Piper. Ryan, that's, that's the Piper. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Piper. Yep. So anyway, I, I met them, and I was so impressed by the depth of the music that, you know, I always bring my drawing things with me and I did a drawing and Kristen brought cookies. And of course, you know, <laughs> people will, I have learned my friend Susan in California says people will say they like anything for cookies. I don't know if that was, <laughs> good, but before I had the cookies, I enjoyed the music. And I bought the, I bought the, the album on the spot and uh, gave her the drawing that I'd done. And it was a big, this big, ooh moment you know i met i met easy then they called me later to come and see them uh, play at the berkeley front which i'll talk about later but that's how i first ran into them was at one of these listening parties and i just can't tell you the big cascade that followed of all the performers and and artists that i would meet you know forevermore thereafter awesome that's a great story uh so spencer um let's let's get to know you What's your, uh, what's your connection with Ladyship Worship? Um, well, I know that, you know, uh, I, so I play in a local band as well in the area called Hail Alien. And we I also run something called No Experience. And that's a music coverage kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to tell. We're always kind of massaging it out, especially in the past year of what it's been pushing out. Um, but we've been trying to just work with as many bands as we could and just over the summer, I think Chris and I had gotten in because they we were actually scheduled to play with Ladyship. Were we scheduled to play with Ladyship or were we scheduled with War Horses? Uh, it was Ladyship, and I think twice we were scheduled, and both yeah. of our shows never yeah, came Yeah, the first one was, was for whatever reason it fell through from the booker, and then the second was when COVID hit, and it was yeah. like. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So we have yet to have our show together, and we will, and it will be. We will. We will. <laughs> it was going to be a two-piece show, so I have, I have a, a, uh, 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 like I have a, a bond that goes. I got the freeze. We lost Spencer. The dreaded freeze, right? Tell us that story. he also was in a duo. <laughs> it was a duo fast. It yeah, was it was a duo fast. Like, was it three or four duo bands playing at Loving yeah. Touch? And then oh. what was going on with the Booker, and that's when it just kind of 
yeah then we rescheduled something and then like I said COVID hit and that show was canceled so um find the art and show them because I have um quite a few pieces of yours Lee the tiki's there's a couple of tiki faces you did that I love oh that and, was Berkeley front yeah that was at the Berkeley front yeah awesome. so Lee would uh, bring his drawing, he's an excellent artist, and actually does a drawing. You've been doing a drawing a day since, for how long now? Uh, uh, today will be, when I when I shoot, I, I finished it, but I haven't shot a picture of it. This will be uh, 1,476. Okay. Holy cow. Is there's every day? Every day, and they're all awesome. Wow. So he would come to our shows and um, Spencer's back. and uh, draw. Like while we were playing live, he would get inspired and he would draw something, and it was just really cool. Wow. So have you guys used any of that artwork for any of, any of your projects? Well, we actually commissioned him to do um, – we had a band uh, a couple of years back called Unlimited Head, and um, he did the artwork for that. So. Oh, cool. that, yeah. that band was a two-piece. It yeah. started off as a two-piece, and then we added a couple people – and it was it, just getting kind it of... It got away from what got we, away from the original yeah. thing, which was bringing it back to ladyship, so... Yeah, I mean, we loved it, but it was just like we wanted to have the duo for to have the duo with the husband and wife and just have the freedom of yeah you know, not having to deal with anyone else's schedule. So yeah. it was tough because we did love... Yeah. But anyway, did we get Spencer back? I think so. All I, right. So cool. we lost you at... You we were talking about us doing the uh, duo shows together. Oh, yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you were doting on me if you would continue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just have always been impressed, you know, with the War Horses and Ladyship both. You know, we've, we've like I said, no experience has been a, a couple of things and we've tried out, you know, radio shows and we've played, I know, or we, we tried to play some of the War Horses stuff on, on a couple attempts of, um, or a couple Ladyship and Warship songs as well, just trying to get, uh, really just get connected to you guys as, people that have been in the scene for so long to kind of keep, uh, you know, uh, we try and reach outside of, or, you know, I try and reach outside of my own personal two or three band circle here as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, so just being, and again, having a, having a connection with other two piece bands is always something very fun because just uh, how people are able to fill sound is awesome. And you guys get like a yeah. very full band sound from, from two. Yeah. Every two piece kind of has their own little way of going about. Yeah. It. It's the, it's the, it's the boiled down essence of the band. You can't, uh -huh. there's no, there can't right. be flowery uh, ingredients. It, it just is what it is. That's what I, that's do. That is really what I love about two pieces. So yeah, we had tried to get together in a couple of shows. Um, finally got together for the no experience shoot that we did. They've got a couple great videos that they, that we put out with them. Uh, on uh on youtube of them playing on the heart plaza pyramid uh in canada <laughs> so yeah uh, top shop. yeah spencer scouted the location and we we're like oh my god yes we will play there <laughs> yeah it's the, it's the best you gotta you know being up for being up for everything is is always a great uh a great marker of a great band so in my eyes you guys are a great band on top of musically a great band being up well, thanks for asking us <laughs> yeah that was cool awesome so uh eric and, and Kristen, let's uh get the story behind ladyship worship so i i met you guys when you were in or still are war horses um and then i heard about i, I think i saw you guys as a duo at fuzz fest a couple years ago uh -huh. um and that was my first experience with the with the the, just the two of you playing um, yeah yeah it was i i think you had just started it um, I think so too. yeah i think that, that was one of our first shows i think it was maybe yeah. our third show yeah maybe. yeah and it was i i was blown away and then you know you put out that ep which is fucking awesome i just love that that you know like uh i was listening to uh the what is it uh, abyss stares back yes uh fucking that song is just so good um but Thank anyway you. uh <laughs> uh you know, I'm, I'm just stoked that you're here. So maybe give me just like a, some background. Like, how did this come about? Um, you know, why did you spin off into this kind of separate band? Um, well, Eric and I uh, had different, it, being in War Horses is, is great and we love it and we'll never stop that. But, um, you know, Eric used to front his own band in New York and they were called Wussy and some other bands too. And, uh, you know, so he has his own style and his own, you know, to be the front man. And mm -hmm. so 
we just wanted him to be able to kind of keep exploring that. And the fact that we can um, play together so well is, is wonderful that since we're married. Yeah, I mean, we started off as the rhythm section. I was playing bass. And, yeah, and he was bass and, and War Horses. made actually. us like really like lock in. That was pretty early in our, I mean, our relationship was kind of like, boom, we're together, we're seeing one another and now we're in a band. But, I, but I'm playing bass, which was something I really hadn't done much of. Uh-huh. And uh, it was cool to like, really lock in with her and learn how she plays and, and we both got to be better musicians playing with each other and then you know with war horses being you know time goes on the guys have kids and it's like okay there's gonna be a couple of months before the next show so we're not gonna rehearse for the next few weeks it's like okay well we still play yeah so it's like all right just like a natural progression to hey what can we do with this stuff with just the two of us and and uh that's kind of uh, we had a little sidetrack when we did Unlimited Head with the other two guys in that band, and it was fun, but it was like it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. It got a little too away from from yeah. what I think <clears throat> what you and I do well together, which is yeah, I think what we're doing now, hopefully. Yeah, that was uh, this, Unlimited Head. This, this late in the the game, but it's <laughs> uh, it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun, and I'm glad that uh, people are responding somewhat. So yeah. Well, it's cool. I got to get off my ass and write a review because uh, I love it. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, it's, it's, I, it's moody, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, I saw a good one-liner, and I, I might steal it a little bit. Is uh, I think it was maybe in Metro Times or something. Exploring the the space between the notes um, it had been mentioned, and I thought, you know, that kind of does resonate a little bit because. Um, the music does have a, a breath, but there's just two of you. Um, and when you listen to the music, you uh, get this really, um, it has this great emotive quality um, that I think comes through in the live music that you guys do with War Horses as well. I mean, War Horses is a different dynamic. It's Sure. Yeah. Do you feel us? Because we're putting it out there. We are laying it out. But yeah, that space yeah. is kind of like the music we grew up with, like especially like to name check, you know, the classic rock stuff. When you listen to Led Zeppelin, it's like, it's not really like heavy in like the heavy metal sense. It's heavy because there's so much space between those notes. And when you hear the, the of the kick drum and you right. hear the decay and, and there's something about that. And, and, and for years of playing gigs, there was, when I was in New York, I was in a band that was really, really tight and really, really good. And we had everything just so like fine tuned where you would really hear that boom yeah. crack and you'd hear it like slap off the wall in the middle of a at like cbgb's you know this <laughs> club. but just to hear that like reverberation that's so quick but it like your brain does register that 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 everyone's just really focused no one's overplaying and no one's just you know trying to be a show off and and fill up a lot of space with stuff and yeah and that's like being a two-piece it's like okay well, when we record we can fill up a lot of space but how we can do it live. So that's always like keeping us in check. So, and I think that's what Spencer was saying about with other two pieces. It's like, well, that's what you got. That's what you got to work with. And it's like, there's you that can't limitation. Hide behind anything. Yeah. There's you no, just, yeah. yeah Blame it on the other guy. So it's curious, uh, Spencer, like, so your band, like, how does that compare? Like, how would you, think of the the dynamics between like what you do and what uh, leadership worship is doing. Um, I would say that uh, if I were to, if I were to put it into one, I would give, I would give leadership a lot more um, musical patience. I would say is definitely one of this. <laughs> like, you know, it's not, not so much, I wouldn't call it easy listening or anything by, by any means, but, but definitely where there's a, there's that steady, backbeat that Kristen gives where it really holds everything together and it kind of it's like tantric almost towards you know they they I like to call it pulling the slingshot back to then when when the next part comes in you know really shoots everyone's kind of waiting for something to happen Uh, whereas in my band it's a lot more of um I would just call them sucker punches probably (laughs) high energy high energy high energy energy is definitely they're awesome you got to check them out it's uh we just I mean it's very it's we we like to think of it kind of as like it's much more of a musical uh therapy session uh Uh, nice to to just kind of go up and be crazy and then just go back to being just like you know regular two nice boys 
Yeah, Gazi's waiting room. <laughs> oh, wow, cool. Duo, they do, yeah. Awesome. It's a good yeah. video you can look up. The one that you're in the kitchen, right? Are you in the yeah, kitchen? that is, yeah, it was actually our kitchen that we did that in, yeah. That's great. Yeah. For his no experience video, the on location, so his own band he did in the kitchen, but yeah we were hoping we were hoping to get uh, to have that one to hold on to for a little bit longer but out of necessity uh you know we, we ended up having to put it out a little bit sooner than we would have liked uh we're working on getting everybody else lined up but uh yeah it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun i've never jammed in a kitchen before i, I thought that looked fun. <laughs> yeah did like <laughs> did spices fall off the shelves and stuff um, we had some stuff we definitely had some stuff moving around. We had we put like <laughs> we'll, we'll peel the curtain back. We like took you if you look at it like we made our kitchen. It's not the cleanest kitchen in the world. But we <laughs> added some stuff back into the scene, like from, like from the recycling bin. We put like some beer cans and stuff. You gotta you gotta. There's some there's some element of uh, planted things. Yeah, there's some element of planted things. I love nice. it. Nice. Uh, so um, I. I I mean, I, I don't want to dominate the conversation, so I, I, I kind of want to like flip it around over to to Lee and Spencer. So, Lee, do you have any questions for Kristen and and Eric, or, or any stories you want to share? Um, yeah, and I forgot because that's what I do. It's forget things. <laughs> um, it's it's a hobby, really. It's not what I do for a living. The uh, one of the observations I wanted to make is when they were talking about the two piece, and you're talking about. Uh, you know, having the, the distance in between notes. Mm -hmm. Artists do that when they make posters and show cards is they introduce negative space. If yeah. the drawing is primarily in light colors, negative space can be dark, but most of the time you've got dark areas and the negative space are intentionally left blank because we want to draw the, the observer's eye to certain parts. If it's not just an artistic piece, we, we want to say, no, we want him to look at this guy's face first. If it's a poster, we want them to see. You know, we want them to see what it is. Then we want them to see where it's going to be, and then we want them to see how much it's going to be. And then we're going to have other little things that are going to draw their eye around whatever art there is. Yeah. So in music, like if you look, listen to Indian music. What is that? The tempura that does the drone in the background. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> they actually have something that is occupying the background, uh, which is almost like starting to work on colored paper, where you already have. You're going to turn that background into a mid-ground. There's a drone that pulls everything together. When you have people like, uh, because I've not heard Spencer's music, but when you have people like EZ and uh, or Eric and uh, okay. Because I'm thinking about the music, not you guys. When you got <laughs> listen to their stuff. There can be long, there can be spaces in between the notes, but it's like there's a midground that is set up by the way that they work together that I've noticed, and that's where the the big depth is. Yeah. That's why even even if she's not playing, you know, super thunder queen and making it really really heavy instrument wise, it's it's got depth music wise because there's this combination of everybody that makes this little midground that I find like really intensely interesting. That's why I like listening to this stuff. But yes, I did have a question. So, and, and Eric almost blew my question because he told me part of it. So, did you two, when you, when you first met, did you meet because you went to go see music? Did you meet yes. because you were both musicians? Oh. Uh, Did you know I, you were both uh, musicians when you yes. met? Yes, it was uh, uh, Tim Pack. Who was another oh, yeah, that's right. I've got one. I've, yeah. Okay. Back to town. Who I've been in three bands with, I think. Tim Pack had a studio in, in uh, just outside Ferndale uh, that a lot of people recorded at and was in a band called Anger Red Planet, which was my heroes being a little punk rock kid. And they were like a band that made it out of Detroit and at least, you know, toured Europe, toured the States a couple times. But uh, Tim had a, a string band called the Salt Miners and they were playing and I was coming into town from New York uh, for a wedding and yeah and I came after a war horses rehearsal <laughs> to uh, meet Eric um, not to hook up in any fashion but um, so Mike from war horses and Eric went uh, you know go way back and they actually moved out to New York together in a band okay. called star 80 they had and um, it lasted for a good bit and then Eric stayed in New York Mike came back and um we formed War Horses together. So Mike and um, the original guitar player, Matthew, 
they they actually formed the band and then found me as the drummer and brought me in and um we had a bass player was mike's brother uh initially and that doesn't really work out playing with your family too often so <laughs> that didn't last long but anyway when eric was coming to town they're like oh our buddy eric's you know gonna be in town and you we were rehearsing um war horses and uh so yeah i went i was actually uh, freshly divorced at the time and eric was just off a of relationship and um we just hit it off we chatted all night and he was in town for the weekend and he uh you know mike had a party the next night and we hung out again and ended up having a long distance relationship for a while it was uh we got really good at texting we te- yeah it was, it was new and we texted a lot he had a black got a blackberry yeah. before then oh, nice. talked on the consisted phone. of like yeah. uh i'm here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now it's like okay now you're 700 miles away yeah. so we gotta you know but you know flights are cheaper in the same time zone so that was cool he could come in for weekends and we would book shows around when he would come to town because he was playing bass for us and uh um and yeah about six months of that and then it got real old so he moved back here and um we got married shortly thereafter and and here we are <laughs> that's cool and so we even appeared on tim pack i've i've got tim pack stray dogs yes uh, uh, and, and you, you guys are on the uh the very last are going for broke as the budget as the budget centers ah. yes sweet yep that was uh eric and tim uh, Kristen played organ on one of the Budget Center songs. Oh, I did. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep, I played the organ on, on that one. And uh, Ed Surtage was uh, bass guitar and Ryan Looney was Ryan, on drums. Ryan mm-hmm. Looney, yes. He's a great drummer. You awesome. can buy his hot sauce yeah, now. Yeah, he does hot sauce now. <laughs> what, what, kind of so- hot what, what kind of hot sauce? What is it? Uh, he makes all kinds. Uh, I know. Just all kinds. I haven't talked to those guys in a while. Pepper. It's, just, it's um, weird, like, connecting with people on Facebook. and Yeah. You know, like, we haven't played together in eight years but it's like oh we're we're, we're still friends on facebook so i'm kind of <laughs> you have like a little like fast food idea what people are still up to which it's good and bad you know I, there's there's no substitute for real you know mono mono yeah sit down and 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 knock a few back or or whatever or, right. or, or whatever but it's like well it's better than nothing <laughs> i remember what it was like when there was nothing Right, you, just, you feel like really isolated, and now it's yeah. like okay, you know, people complain about a lot of stuff online, but it, you know, it's a tool. It's you know, you can use it to to do good stuff, or you can use it to complain and piss and moan, or or you can use it to. Uh, I mean, when when Warhorse has started, we were doing covers by the band Loop. I don't know if you know them. It was like a late '80s, early '90s psych drone kind of band, and they still had a core following that was pretty you know into them still and we had a cover that we put up and then next thing we know the bass player of loop is like killer version i love it you guys are cool and and then we just you know have a friendship with this guy and then we're, <laughs> we're skyping with him and 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 yeah. then when they reformed and they came into town we get to hang out and it's just like whoa you know you just yeah it's yeah, very it's cool and just getting to meet you through yeah. Here it's, it's, All of you it's guys, very yeah. cool. Yeah, and it's you know, it's. I uh, would I would definitely put the the connection part of social media is definitely the best, uh, the best benefit that I've gotten from it. But anything yeah. where that I'm able to connect real life, like you know, booking a show on Facebook or whatever is is all well and good, but um, you know. It just there's something that miss that's missing from all that. You know, that's kind of part of what I'm on my personal quest to, you know, have a part in improving upon. But I guess I would, I had a question for you guys, just wondering since the advent of, you know, I've been in the band only since after Facebook and Twitter and everything Mm -hmm. was invented. And I feel like there is definitely a a move. There's, there's some motion in changing the way in which things are promoted, which things are um, passed around uh, with, with all of that kind of connection, immediate connection to everything. But I guess I would want to know kind of what your guys take on how it has affected either how you interact with people overall or how you interact with uh, putting out music or, or putting on shows or if you're able to, you know, take more control in putting together shows or what it is that, that 
I guess I'll ask the benefits mostly. I know that there's drawbacks as well, but mostly the, what would the benefits be? Yeah, I mean, the benefits are just, they're enormous that it's so easy. And, and I mean, I won't say they're free, mm-hmm. but they're almost free. I mean, yeah. everybody has an internet connection. You have some sort of device to connect on, whether you have a great computer or you have a crappy computer or a laptop or just your phone. I mean, when we started doing this, it was like, you know, we used to have a long distance phone bill that was enormous. It was <laughs> this like, is Eric, he started long yeah, before I, I mean, did. I mean, I'm, My I'm dating myself real. here, but it's like, you know, long distance calls yeah. cost money when you had a landline. And it was like, you know, we, we when I my band lived together, we're, you know, yellow marking, okay, these are band phone calls. Okay, the band spent $120 in, in phone calls and we got four shows out of that, you know, right. like, and that, you know, that's that money back then was an enormous amount of money. And now it's, you know, and with the, the bad part of that is it kind of does lower the bar to, you know, people who are just kind of, there's a lot of people who are just kind of half-assed and, and we always appreciate people like Spencer who are like going above and beyond and, and just filming all these, these great bands and introducing us to a lot of people. And, and, and it's that, that sort of sense of community that does really propel stuff to a greater level yeah. than just, you know, without it. But I think, yeah, it's being able to do it in the digital age is being able to like collate, like, okay, people who like this, you might like this, you know? So mm-hmm. you're seeing like bands, um, Bandcamp is like yeah. doing war with social media aspect now where you've got, I can leave a message and people can comment on it. And Hey, this person likes this kind of music. Oh, maybe I should spend more time on Bandcamp and less time on Facebook. With, you know, <laughs> totally, these yeah. obnoxious, yeah, for you know, relatives screaming about, you know, right. outrage of the day, you know, which is just, it's pointless. It's, yeah, it's corrosive. Com- it's toxic. I, I wish so much more of it. I wish there was stuff that was more tuned to music. Like Bandcamp is great, but you, you mostly like I spend a lot of my time, like my off time, just trying to like trying to find new music locally and just nationally and, and like you know some some factions are great for just finding new music like i mm-hmm. i bent the knee and i got spotify you know yeah. which is great <laughs> just like finding music but they don't have the one feature that i wish they had is they don't have like you know if you pull up a band you can they've got like all these like you might like these yeah but i love it says where they're from if you could just click like the city they're from and oh, have yeah. a whole list of everything come up where that's like, a great idea people don't people don't I, I, there's this weird disconnect in all kinds of art. Maybe I'm sure Lee can attest this. I've got a sister who's an artist who, who is always talking about the same thing where it's just, it's like, there's this disconnect where people don't realize that there's a grassroots of art comes from somewhere. It comes from people who right. aren't artists yet and are like, or aren't, haven't made it yet. And there's yeah. this big, huge hurdle that it just gets perpetuated in a lot of the arts. I feel like of just like, Oh yeah, well we've got the music, like turn on the radio. That's the music. We got it all. What do you need? What do you need the locals music for? Yeah. Well, it's the only music that you be a part of the process. And yeah. lo- locally, you're, everything else is such a transaction of, you know, I found this band on Spotify and I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not immune to it. I have bands that I love that I found on Spotify and I bought mm-hmm. a ticket when they came to town, you right. know, but I would love to be like, to have the an easier way to find music and be like, Holy shit. Like, I've seen that guy at the grocery store or something. <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe it's not supposed to be easy. Sorry? Maybe it's not supposed to be easy. You know, I've thought yeah. about it a lot where it's got to be, it's got to be, what I've determined is it's got to be easy, but it's got to feel hard to the person. <laughs> I, I'm not going to touch that line. So. <laughs> I wouldn't is this, is this a family show? <laughs> Sorry. Um, my, my good card. Yeah. What what I was gonna if I can I don't know if I don't want to talk too much, but I was thinking about this with Chuck. You and I are kind of more probably more metalhead than the other. Well, people. yeah, I'm a I'm like a super metalhead. But. Sure. <laughs> I can't maybe maybe ten percent of the metalhead. It's like partial metalhead. Right. But when when Metallica was coming out, it was guys trading that no yeah, like tapes. leather yeah. tape and then they would be written about in in a fanzine and then yep. you traded fanzines you traded tapes 
and Metallica got huge with zero radio play, zero uh, media coverage in any of the big magazines. It was all word of mouth. It was all guys on the street that were like, this is really cool. This is up and coming. And, you know, and Slayer, yeah. too, all those guys. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, punk rock was kind of like that, too. But yeah. metal is, I don't know, metal, the fans of metal are just, yeah. well, I they're think I, they're great. I think, I think punk is the same way, though. I mean, it's huge, like, um, DIY scene mm-hmm. where people are just like doing their own thing and sure they're getting in there. One thing I was thinking of when you guys were talking about like being local and thinking about the scene, a couple of things popped in my brain and it, it, I don't know exactly what it is about it, but it feels like in the Detroit area um, that we kind of go back to this nostalgia of the big bands that had been like 30, 40 years ago. Like, so you talk about punk, you think about Iggy pop, you talk about rock, you think about Bob Seger or newer stuff that I don't really care for, like Kid Rock and that kind of crap. But, um, but that's what you see, as opposed to like where the where I've seen the roots of Detroit music. You know, where there's just a, a groundswell of this awesome stuff. Um, you go, you could go to uh, literally like when people talk about like, well, there's nothing I want to see. You could back when we could go to shows. Um, <laughs> you could go almost every night and go see a really awesome band. You know, but mm-hmm. it's hard to find that stuff. And if you could have some way to curate that stuff, and uh, I don't know if it's apathy or what it is, but it, it's yeah. there. It's just how do we get people there, to there's also yeah. a lot. There's bookers, but there's not really curators of things. I think that, so I think that, that is, that is uh, you're speaking directly to me, Chuck. I'm sorry that, that I, I hear <laughs> okay. but there's definitely, there's just this, this I, I don't, because I don't even know what to call it. I've always called it just like the something. Mm-hmm. But as a as an artist, like especially because I am in, you know, the pseudo Detroit DIY, this this and everything like that, going and seeing and watching your friends play to a huge crowd at like Hamfest is always Hampshire Music Festival. Yep. They put on a great, uh, like it's my it's such a cool it's the perfect Detroit mm-hmm. scene in the middle of winter. Like you better fucking want to. I help put that up, you know. <laughs> yeah. like, and it's it's a great it's a great atmosphere and it's it in these venues are packed mm-hmm. and you yeah. know what i think i know the joke that i have is that these people don't realize that hamtramck music festival basically happens every weekend they just don't know where to go and i think that there's just is some amount of pushing out and and having people get some level of excitement. There's something that has to kind of kickstart it. You know, there's got to be some band that, that I think gets other people from outside cities to look at Detroit, like, Oh, I want to go there for people to be like, Oh, maybe we should actually go down the street. So, you know, war horses or uh, ladyship, if you guys want to get on that, <laughs> band to come out of Detroit, we would all right. appreciate that. Well, isn't that kind of what happened with White Stripes? Like White Stripes went out of town and then got the seal of approval from other towns, yeah. and then people in Detroit were like, "Oh, well, yeah, they're in our backyard." Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wasn't here for that. I was living in New York. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But um. Yeah, we do find we get better response when we play out of town. Like we had just started to do tours, you know, with War Horses, and and then COVID hit. You know, yeah awesome van that it's just unfortunately has low miles because we couldn't do anymore but yeah we get a lot there's something about being local people kind of take it for granted a lot and think that me oh it's just a local band and you know Mm -hmm. but there's so many great ones and everyone starts local you know you can't be a band and not have been local to your area so yeah even when i was it's kind of a weird term in new york but there are local bands there yeah yeah well yeah but but your art is is any band really local anymore i've got right oh right people there's people that not to toot my own horn but there's a guy in denmark that likes hail alien a good amount yeah, yeah. On Spotify, so yeah, we're international now. We're not a local band at all. Yeah, yeah. we had exactly. hundred plays in the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the UAE is like four horses. The UAE, yeah, you never know. <laughs> you know that's yeah, that's uh, Spotify. Spotify's algorithms are kind of dictating, I think, where a lot of this is going. And yeah, we get put on a couple playlists, and it's it's funny. Like, oh, okay, so but to try to figure out how to make that into something that's going to work, you know, realistically yeah. for us, we're not going to go tour to the UAE. I don't think, yeah. you know, so. you never know. Somebody will like sponsor a tour out there. 
I don't know. <laughs> but uh, well, we are married, so we can't get in trouble for that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you can find something else to get in trouble for, I'm sure. <laughs> We're good kids right. most of the time. But I always think about you know there is such technology and uh, you know the 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 mysterious algorithms that be that kind of are you know they're designed so that you can't trick the system. They're they're plugging every single hole that exists as quickly as they can so that. You know, if one artist was able to, I think it was Wolfpack. Yeah. They had everyone play their Spotify album on mute, like on right. repeat. Yep. So just uh, keep playing it. Yep. And then used it to tour. And Spotify was like, no more of that. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> um, it is, it, I mean, you, as much as you try and get around stuff, I think that, yeah, the best way you can do it is it sucks, kind of to feel like, oh, there's all this potential of, you know, trying, but you can also overreach at the same time if you're trying to hit everybody all at the same time. I think it does just come down to uh, person-to-person connections and within the artist community first before you have to, to, to uh, you know, reaching out to fans in any way. Yeah. I think it comes from the artists first. So again, I love, that's why I love Ancient Worship. That's it. <laughs> Thank, you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We so, did get a fan from uh, NPR, though. That was cool. We got, yeah. you know, played on NPR and had yeah, somebody Jeff heard Milo's, it and came to the Milo's show. And, you know, so you, you awesome. get those one, two, and they, you know, start to maybe tell well, a friend. We had, yeah, tell we, had, we had talked about that because that's the yes, you actually favorite, know. my favorite fucking part is that yes, we had just filmed with you guys. I met a guy who I worked with, and we just, by happen chance, you know, I, I – try to ask people it's a habit that someone started me on instead of asking what they do you ask them what they like to do and the guy's like oh i like to listen to music and i like to i used to like to go to shows and i'm finally going to this show and i'm like oh what show are you going to and he just was like i've you know i think it's like and he didn't get the name right but i was like oh ladyship worship was like, yeah <laughs> the first conversation with the guy that i've had right after you know there there's sometimes you're like you know there's some kind of there's like some puppet strength yeah. going on here because there's no way that that happens just I mean, right. It was, it was like literally two days after in the first meeting. I mean, it just was, it just was really cool. When, I think when there's good energy being put into something, uh-huh. uh, good things fall into place. And Jeff's a great guy as well. Listen to him on NPR. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's, yeah. Got great, he's got a great, uh, he's, he's probably the most, he's probably grinding the most for uh, local music write-ups. Uh-huh. I think he's putting out an article like every day or two right now. Holy cow. Yeah. 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 But just the ability to, you know, have it on NPR because there's yeah. so many people that are doing promoting, but if you don't have the audience and, you know, you can't get out there on a public level, it, it is really difficult, you know. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's part of the downside of, like, the age that we live today. There's such, there's so much that it's yeah. overwhelming. You're, like, drinking from a fire hose and it's like, yeah. how mm-hmm. do I find that? You know, you can find 8,000. I could, you know, go to Spotify and be like, oh, that's great. That's a, That's great. But how do you get that um, that following that kind of like um, the people are feeling, you know, um, sense of, I guess, loyalty, you know, to bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wonder about that sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd love to know. Yeah. And there's so much, <laughs> there's so much out there competing for your entertainment dollar, you know, yeah. people are just like, well, what's on Netflix, you know, I'll just watch right. something. And it's like, you know, some of the stuff is good, but to do that every night, it's like we've watched quite a bit over over the quarantine, far too much, I think. And it's just like, uh, you know, this just is, it's like gut punch after a while. Like you need to be around people. You can't just be something on a screen. It just doesn't, we're not wired for that. And the longer this continues and people will start to be wired for that if they aren't already. <laughs> I'm not alarming. Let's leave him. Right, Lee, Lee has the wired glasses on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got his Google lenses on. picture specs. Right. Oh, my God. I you can see things. right through me. <laughs> I'm transparent. You know that. Uh, you know, I was thinking when Lee was talking about doing drawings or uh, – I'm, Lee, I'm not sure. Is it drawings or paintings? Are you doing paintings when you're listening to music? I, I, I paint but rarely, but I draw an awful lot. I've been drawing pretty much every day since – uh, about the time I could walk, 
Awesome. And I just recently started, I did the Inktober thing, and now I post, I don't just post an ink drawing every day. I post an ink drawing every day of October, but uh, I decided to start in one October, and then I never stopped. Awesome. And so I'm posting a new one every day, but that doesn't mean I wasn't drawing every day anyway. Yeah. So I was wondering, have, have you ever done, I know you've done, oh, that's cool. That, that's a, oh, yeah. I, was, yeah. I heard you guys talking about it. I wasn't sure if it was Lee. The head logo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I think, did I include, I can't remember right now if I included that in the B-roll for you guys. You did. You yeah. have, I have the sticker on my, um, uh, one of my oh, yeah. bags or something, and you, yeah. got, you got the sticker on there. So yeah, Lee did that for us. Yeah, I love that. That is awesome. So I was wondering, have you ever thought of um, like doing like shows where you have artists, like multiple artists, you know, where you've got like people playing and then also. I have. I, th I think I've seen that before, yeah. but. We've um, done that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Now, when Lee drew for us, it, that was just on his own accord. He came okay. and just inspired and drew some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, didn't I don't think he knew I was a tiki lover, but something <laughs> inspired him to draw some tiki faces for me. And yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, one of the early War Horses shows that um, Melody uh, Baton's Malash, you know, from Smalls. Oh yeah. She um she actually booked the first War Horses show back. I was I, on my birthday at the Belmont, and uh, there was a band. Oh god, it was the Cloud. I was good. They had Cloud in their name, but anyway, they were touring, and we played with them, and they brought two live painters that were on stage with them and painting and then they would auction off the art after the show That's and cool. uh, i ended up buying one because it was you know again local and so hard yeah. to fill up those those places and um so i'm like it's my birthday i'm uh, it was really cool i still we still have it in the house and uh it's my 35th birthday and i and i actually found some crazy uh stuff where it was three skulls and so there was a three and then only one of them had a hand up. So there was a three and a five and it was my 35th birthday. And I felt like it was calling to me to have that. Right. That's cool. Still have it. But yeah. And then after uh, one of the Hamtramck music fests, uh, um, I helped um, Booker for that for the past couple of years and helped put that on. And we had an artist that, you know, just kind of did some drawings live and brought their art and, I think it's a great idea to mm -hmm. to combine. You know, the more the more the merrier. Yeah, so you know? I'm kind of curious. Like for the the musicians here, um, do you guys um, when you're when you're creating music, do you do you think of it visually, um, or is it more kind of an emotional thing where you're feeling what the 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 notes mean to you, or do you think of it like? Because I know that when I'm listening to music, it's two things. It's there's there's images that are coming into my mind as I'm as I'm listening to that music, and then there's also the kind of the emotional quality of the notes. And I'm curious, like when you're when you're creating the music that you make, how does that feel? What do you, what do you see? For me, it's all feeling. I don't really see anything. I actually, in fact, play a lot with my eyes closed. Mm -hmm. um, but it just kind of goes black. I'm not seeing anything behind there so much, but it just allows me to shut everything out and just feel it and be there in the moment. So that's, that's for me. I don't see, I don't feel it's all feel. I have a lot of visual things going on. I probably more visual than feeling and because I cannot draw, which I don't know somehow I, I was interested in sound. I was interested in music yeah. I was interested in rhythm. I cannot draw. I cannot paint. I cannot do anything. I, I can barely write English. I'm terrible. Like it's yeah. like you put a pen <laughs> in my hand and it's like, you know, who did this or what animal did this? It's not human. Maybe if it's, we put ink on a guitar pick. It, so it's like I was always, I always hung out with our oh, yeah. school because I was like, man, you guys are just like, how do you just pull that out of your skull and you make this great picture? I'm like, I want to do that with sound. And, so yeah, when we're writing, I'm always thinking of something I've seen, and and, and it does correlate to a certain feeling. Sometimes mm -hmm. when you look out at something you know majestic, or you look at something that's you know scary or right. uh, frightening or you know, decrepit or all kinds of things. It's yeah, a lot of things going on, and that's I always thought the artist's job was just you just sort of I think Iggy said it where you're just kind of like you're almost vomiting out like you're taking in a bunch of stuff and you just puke it back out you you're filtering it through you and you just throw it back out 
Yeah. And even like watching like too much bad TV or too much social right. media, you want to vomit that out. Just be like, ah, I got out, out. <laughs> I don't want this in my psyche anymore. Just right. uh, I'm done with it. The vomitorium. The vomitorium. <laughs> there is such a place. Yeah, there was. So yeah. That is a in the art world, we call that the paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Spencer, what about you? What do you, what do you visual? Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot of, it, it depends on the process. I guess I have certain methods that work pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, you know, Matt and I have been playing together. I've, I've only ever played with Matt, uh, Minnie, my drummer. This kid is sitting behind me. Um, you know, we usually will just, you know, in practice kind of come up with some kind of jam thing. We do it when we play live. We just are able to come up with, some kind of riff or some kind of drum beat that we go off of and we'll kind of remember it or I'll have a recording of it. And sometimes it work out. Sometimes it doesn't um, right. where, cause it, it always starts with this feeling of, um, I get this rush that goes over my body sometimes and like you get goosebumps. Like, all right, that's a good one. Remember that one. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if those don't pan out and you're just like, all right, well that one was for me, I guess. And sometimes <laughs> I'll get into like, I've drawn graphs, I've drawn, you know, charts. I've, I'll look at like random number sequences to try and jog like a lyric that will get me to the next part or something like that. But I think that for the most part, um, just writing songs comes best when I get to allow, make the structure first very much instrumentally. It's very visual because uh, especially with uh, my, my tech setup that I have is, um, I have to kind of plan ahead a little bit with some of the playing that I do because I, I have a rig that plays, uh, you know, through a bass. Oh, uh, so you do the, yep, yep. So I, you know, I have a bass backing track that I can, um, uh, I can set loops to and like plan ahead and plant a seed in the beginning of a song so I can play it later. Yep. So I, sometimes it plays ahead like that and, you know, I, uh, it becomes much more of a plan to then, put lyrics on top of in the end because the lyrics always come last, but it's always my favorite part of just kind of turning, you know, I'll just kind of mumble or something over top of the track <laughs> and then kind of just like shut my brain off or I'll do it super late at night and drink like a whole bunch of coffee, like <laughs> other stuff and uh, you know, kind of just let it all come out and then kind of infer some, like some of what the meeting is afterwards. And then like, Oh, you know, I can, I can, line a little bit to make it more in line with the other ones so that it makes yeah. some semblance of sense at least to me um but that that's always my favorite part is that the playing is very much uh especially performing is the two i feel like the two sides of my brain working at the same time of i have to think at the same time as not thinking at all so that i can go as crazy as possible yeah and, uh, being here now yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, you can't think of anything else I and mean, the now kind of feel this yeah. not quite a headache but it's this like hey that's this that's this Something. brain is is at full capacity right now that i that i really enjoy so that's when i that's when i know that i've written a song well i guess would be my that's my that my process is just kind of figuring out the puzzle of each song it's different every time but yeah that's cool so, uh, Lee, I was wondering, like, kind of the flip side. So if musicians are thinking emotionally um, or visually, a visual artist is actually, you know, you're working in the visual medium. Where is your brain while you're doing that, um, that process? Because I'm like um, easy. I'm very envious of, envious of people that can draw because I can't draw shit. Um, but I love how people can pull, like we were talking about negative space, pull this almost three-dimensional image out of a two-dimensional piece of paper and make it just this awesome. So, yeah, exactly. And stop when you're done. You know, it's, uh, everyone can draw to a certain extent. You know, usually people will say, I can't draw, and it really means that they don't. Just like, <laughs> I'm sure that I could play an instrument. I have a guitar, I have keyboards. But the thing is, see, I don't have that call. I don't have the dedication to where I'm going to do it every day. Writers write every day. Musicians play every day, pretty much. I mean, you know, I'm, everybody takes a day off or has an off day. With me, it can be multiple things. Um, I always bring my drawing stuff with me if I'm going to go to you know, a concert or if I'm going to listen to music. And it's just I get inspired by the music itself 
but it doesn't mean I'm going to draw what I'm seeing in my head when the music's playing. Okay. I watch movies often when I draw, do my daily drawing. I could be watching a murder mystery, and I could be drawing, um, I could be drawing somebody skating on an ice rink, you know, whatever. Because the part of you asked where my brain was. Well, it's right yeah. here. <laughs> on the Duramater. My mind is all over the place, however. My mind is not where my brain is. If you ask people where their mind is, they're going to point to their head, and I don't think that's so. Yeah. But, uh, I don't want to take a lot of time philosophizing. That's a good point, though. And sometimes it just doesn't come. It's like sometimes it's like it's just not there. Right. So what I have to do is start fiddling around, and I want to put that, throw that back across the, the net to, to, the, to the musicians and the other side of the tennis court, how many times will you say, I really need to come up with a tune, and you end up just plinking around on a piano or tweedling around on the strings, and then you hear two notes together, because I've watched this happen. I used to write lyrics for a guy that wrote music to them. Back when my first uh, quarter, right after high school, my first quarter at Wayne State, and I even sang with these guys for a while. Um, but I would write words, and he would put music to them, which he couldn't figure out how in the world I could tell a story just by deciding to write down. And I said, well, sometimes I just write a sentence, so I'll write two words, and I'll say, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Kind of like when the teacher comes around and draws a squiggle on your paper and says, make something out of that. <laughs> well, give you a sentence, and you're supposed to tell a story. Of course, this is horribly embarrassing in grade school because – the minute somebody demands something of you, my mind goes, oh, not me, and it's over there somewhere. <laughs> um, but if I'm just sitting and I say, no, I need to do a drawing, okay, well, I'll, sometimes I'll watch three movies before somebody will say something or something will change or I, I'll hear a sound, and all of a sudden I will think, and this is something that's brought up to me all the time, I will think of a scene from a story that's never been written, a movie that's never been shot, a yeah. song that's never been written or played, and someone's going to look at this face, because I draw a lot of faces, and they'll say, who's that? Well, nobody in particular, I just came up with it. They say, why does it always look like I've come into the middle of a movie? Because they always have an expression of some sort. And they say, well, what's happening there? you got to tell me what's happening. Say, no, no, you tell me what's happening. <laughs> what are you seeing? Because, wow. yeah. so, see... There's a, an exchange. When I'm listening to music, especially if I'm listening to a live band, when I'm and when I say local, that's what I mean, somebody that's in, in the immediate area. Mm -hmm. And I, by the way, I'm going to let you know how I got around Spotify's algorithms. It's a tried <laughs> and true It never fails. I use Spotify. Clearly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm immune to their algorithm. I'm immune. I, I, so, do, I do suggest you try. I do suggest you try it out. There's there's so many great bands that I found using it, but it definitely yeah, has. It doesn't it doesn't compare to just going to a show and and finding something listen, something special. I'm almost 63 years old. And I'm going to use Spotify if I feel like it. Somebody <laughs> will, and then maybe 20 years later, I'll say, now that nobody's using Spotify, maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. See, that's that thing. Yeah, young people. Look at all, look at all these young people. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about enjoying the amino acids, and I got people that are 32 years old saying, "How do you know about the amino acids?" <laughs> I was at a ranch party where my crazy rock and roller uh, friend uh, Rick Keaton, who's been in many different bands, electrician by day. I'm a crazy rock and roller by night. Awesome. I was at one of his ranch parties, and I was act I sang with him a couple of times. Mostly, I was cooking, and I had these. I was singing along uh, to uh, uh, "Rat in a Cage," you know, and and oh, yeah. these two kids that were like 16 years old are snickering at me, <laughs> and I pulled Simpsons on him and say, "Oh, you think I don't know all of your favorite songs?" This is <laughs> 1995, and I knew, I mean, I, I knew all the words to the Weezer Blue album, right? So I'm singing this stuff, and I say, one day, you're going to end up with a wife. See, there's mine over there, and a kid. There's, there she is over there. And uh, 
and you're going to have a nine to five job and you're going to wonder what today's music is like where see i know what today's music is like because I, I go out and ask awesome i'll do things like this this happened this happened six years ago i was at Flipside records over there in clausen it's good good story and i had been bugging davy taylor to put out a slot rod cd because i didn't want to just pick tunes here and there off of soundcloud or Bandcamp or wherever he yeah. was i wanted a cd dang it <laughs> what's well, some physical in my hands stopped into this place because i was visiting a sick friend in clausen so let's check this place out and so this guy comes up and does one of the may i hit a few type of things on me and i said yeah i'm looking for uh i'm looking for a record by a band called the slot rods immediately he goes davy put out a record and I'm like, <laughs> You know, so I find out that there's people know people. Yeah. Even with the COVID thing, I'm picking up bands. There's a, a beautiful, beautiful young lady in, in England named Nancy Gorman. And she's got a band that she's the front for a band called Nova Halo. And it reminds me of Blondie meets King Crimson or something like that because wow. it's all very cosmic. And I keep meaning to tell Randall Neiman about it because, I mean, he wears a next generation uniform to the first time I saw him play. Come on, man. Raises the point, right? When I first met her, I didn't even know she was musical. She was talking about astronomy and stuff like that, and she was an aerialist. So wow. all of these people know somebody. Yeah. I have in Australia. I say, who are you listening to? It's not like I'm going to go and visit. Right. Like $7,000 cash. Just laying around the house. I'm going to come check out the <laughs> over where you are in Perth, right? Lee, so, I'm gonna, one day I'm going to buy you a goddamn beer. And just <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy me a what? I'm going to buy you seven beers. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a drink in over 10 years. No, I will, we'll make it root beer. I will not do root that. Beer. There you go. You mentioned Australia, though. Uh, uh, Australia. Was uh, I don't know if you've heard of have you heard of Emil and the Sniffers? No, I have not. I think I, I think I met somebody like that one. <laughs> you got to look them up. They were my they were my uh, they were my COVID uh, casualty. I was I was set to see them. I think didn't they they played at um we've heard of uh, Outer Limits. Did they? Yes, they, they played here. at Outer Limits. I think last year they came through town. Before, I had found them. or I had heard of them. Maybe. Maybe this time last year. Oh so yeah. I have tickets because they were scheduled to come into town. Was it summer or just about now? Um, but All right. take care. Yeah. So they it and they rescheduled it and canceled it again. But yeah. They're Aussies. Yeah, they're Aussies. Oh, cool. uh, they're they're right. really, really good. Right. Hope nobody finds the sticky note in my house. <laughs> this is just all the notes. Maybe one of the sniffers. So guys, we're we're just about out of time, and uh, I I want to. I want to uh, thank you so much for, for being on the show. And um, I, I just want to ask one uh, last question uh, for, for everyone. And um, this has been a super tough year, obviously. Um, but what's, what's one thing you're grateful for so far this year? And I'll start with uh, Eric and Kristen. Our health. Yeah. Our health. Having each we've other. Been, we've been good. Um, my father not so much he hasn't doesn't have covid but you know we're we're dealing with he has alzheimer's now so mm. it's uh you know every day there's a bit of levity there like going okay you know yeah. I don't take this stuff for granted I don't take anything for granted yeah and uh so with with that i try to keep you know he's got a great attitude he's just like i'm gonna beat this thing they're gonna figure <laughs> out something and I, i'm got, I got a good attitude and you know i, I can't That's remember cool. a lot of stuff but but damn it, you know, I'm not going to let this take me over. I'm, That's awesome. It's, you know, what else can you do? You know, you yeah. can't just, you know, get grateful up. for that positive attitude. Yeah. yeah. So, That's what we are. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So, Lee, how about you? One thing I'm grateful for? Yeah. My perspective. And right after, right, either right before or right after that, all my friends and loved ones, because uh, without them, I might not always keep my perspective. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And uh, Spencer? Um, I think that it would have to be, especially in light of, with everything that's going on, the resilience of musical artists and artists in general, especially in this area. 
follow yeah. closely by health and well-being of everybody. And Izzy, I wish the best for Father in this time as well. Yeah, Thanks. Definitely. definitely. Thank you. Well, guys, uh, again, thank you so much. Thank you, uh, thank you, Chuck. You're, you're, you're so and we're grateful for you, Chuck. You're the, you're, <laughs> yeah, so. Not you're just cheeky. No, yeah, you've been the great Honored. champion of of, oh, of music in general. And you when know, you're playing and you see Chuck out there, you're like, oh yeah, this is a and good show. And he's an show. awesome photographer. <laughs> Chuck's here, so it's yeah. a good show. Oh, Y'all haven't seen his photography. He's uh, an amazing, especially concert photography, but. Um, yeah. Well, thank thank you. Um, I'm I'm grateful for you guys because um, this is keeping me sane. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah. we'll see you uh, at a show. Yeah. Oh, in the yeah. Real world. In the yeah. real world. In the real world. Sounds good. All right. Maybe keep six feet distance. But that's still, right. You know, there's a there's a drive-in show happening on the uh, the 29th that I'm heading yeah. to in Detroit. We'll be oh, oh, in, yeah. Where is that at? For it. It's where it's at Core Park. It's the For Saints and Sinners with. Okay. Uh, Heart and Stools, Dear Darkness, and Pancho Villa's Skull. Oh, so, all right. Yeah, driving show. I'll have to keep that in mind. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you again. <laughs> awesome, Chuck. Thanks. Thanks again to Easy, Kristen, Lee, and Spencer for joining me on this episode of Fans with Bands. Be sure to check out the latest Ladyship Worship album. It is fantastic. I'll put links in the show notes. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.